I'm just thinking. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, and I'm also joined by our co-host, Kathy Amos. And tonight we're discussing Indiana's win by your number two slash three ranked Hoosiers over the number 13 slash 12 Ohio State Buckeyes, 83 to 59. And look, I know Ohio <laughs> State was depleted. No J.C. Sheldon, no Madison Green. The big girl was out of the game. But for three quarters, this was as good as you can play on the road. And they dismantled a top 15 team on their floor. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure there are enough superlatives tonight to describe the way IU played in the first half and the fourth quarter. That win takes Indiana to 24 and 1 overall, 14 and 1 in the Big Ten, where they now lead Iowa by a game and a half in the standings. And that puts the magic number at two to clinch at least a share of the Big Ten title. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that's with our banner moment. And, Kathy, I'm going to go to that 24. 24 wins ties the record for most wins in a season by IU women's basketball team. They they did in 2019-2020. They got short cut short by COVID. But so I'd like to think they would have ended up with more than 24 last year's team also won 24 games. So there are two teams that have won 24 games. Now this team, the 22, 23 team has tied that mark and knock on wood. But I think we can say, hopefully safely say that they're going to set a new standard of excellence for victories in a IU women's basketball program. Our banner moment is sponsored by home field apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. They're always refreshing current schools or coming out with new ones. I hear that they may be coming out with even more IU stuff, like the IU Oval hat that they just released. So whether you want only IU gear or any other college teams or nothing associated with the team, Homefield probably has something for you. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. And once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And we're going to throw it over here to my sidekick tonight, Kathy Amos, for the Amos angle and get her initial thoughts about the game. Oh, great, Jeff. Thank you for that. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> that was a great banner moment, right? I mean, this is so exciting. This this whole season is just seems like one thing after another that the team is doing and the coach is doing to set new records and new standards for themselves as a program. And it's it's fun having a front row seat for all of us to, to sit there and enjoy it. That first half, which I'm sure we will talk about in detail more, but that first half was just a thing of offensive beauty tonight, right? I mean, we scored 74% field goal percentage and we outscored Ohio State in the second quarter alone 
more points than they scored in the entire first half. We scored 30. They only had 29 in the entire first half. So they just really were clicking on all cylinders. I thought our defense on in that first half was really on point too. And it, it's just been a lot of fun to watch these women play basketball game in and game out. And, you know, even when Ohio State made that run in the third quarter, um, my husband's like, oh, I'm starting to get a little nervous. And I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of kind of not. <laughs> I, I wasn't sweating too bad. I, I knew Ohio State would kind of make a run, but I just felt like the poise and maturity that we've been seeing from this team all year was going to step back up and and really show its head in that third quarter and into the fourth quarter. So for me, this is just a fantastic game. And yet, to your point, I understand that Ohio State's out three starters at this point, and that certainly hurts them. But, you know, there there was just a lot of things that I don't think it would have much mattered um, what team we were playing. We were just going to really come out and be on fire this this game. So it was just a, a really fun game to watch. Well, I will say I agree with Sean because I was getting a little nervous because we've seen this Ohio. Now, again, they were without three players. Yes. I get that. But this is a team that has made kind of a, 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 a textbook of coming from behind big leads in the second half. And so I was getting a little and you just never know how momentum is going to going to be um, with that. And I, and I just got when it got down to 10, I was getting pretty fidgety with that as well. But, yeah, I, I think you do bring up a great point, Kathy, I think. And I want to kind of you know, dig a little deeper with it and have you get some thoughts as well. Um, I, I just think there's a maturity and coach coach Morin has talked about this a number of different times. You just mentioned it, the maturity that comes from this team. And I thought tonight we saw uh, a, a young woman, uh, Sarah Scalia, who has struggled for much of the season, really come out tonight, maybe play her best game of the year, but definitely brought a maturity into what we thought going into the night was going to be a huge game on the road. Uh, and, and we come out of here with a 24 point win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it <clears throat> and, you know, a little bit of a letdown coming out of halftime, uh, right? I mean, we didn't look quite as sharp. We look a little flat, but, you know, they also just were going into halftime with the 25-point 20 lead and Ohio State, you know, was on their home court. And, you know, they've historically come back this year from multiple um, multiple times with double-digit deficits at halftime. So, absolutely, we knew I, – I just guess I was mentally prepared for Ohio State to make – some kind of run. I just didn't think they had um, the depth tonight to really overcome a 25 point deficit. Yeah. And I agree with that. I really do. I, I think that was one thing that I thought they mentioned a couple of times on the broadcast, you could really see maybe toward the middle of the second quarter and a little bit there at the beginning of the fourth quarter, where you really just felt like fatigue caught up with the Buckeyes a little bit because yeah. they're not with, with the kids they have out with players they had out tonight, they really were shorthanded. Um, they got great contributions though. I mean, uh, mm, Cody freshman. McMahon is just, has yeah. got to be freshman of the year in the big 10. I would think, I know yeah. if no slight to Yarden, but just, just McMahon has racked up what I, what they say tonight, her fifth. She had just gotten her fifth Big Ten Freshman of the Week award, I think, for the season. It so, sounds great, um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they, they've, got, they've got some pieces. They just right now, the, they've got too many of their pieces sitting over on the bench next to uh, Kevin McGuff. But, you know, Kathy, let's move on into and let's talk about expected. And I'm going to throw one out here that uh, yeah. for me, even though they didn't have as many, but I, I would I, I didn't print off the halftime stats, but 20 assists again tonight. That's just kind of become the standard for this IU women's team. 20 or more assists in a game, 20 assists on 34 made buckets. So, again, that to me is the one thing that really stood out to me was that they as expected tonight when they were sharing the ball, good things happened. 
Yeah, I, that that they they looked really crisp and and again in that first half, especially just uh, sharing sharing the sugar and passing it. And what did I think Grace had six of those twenty, right? If I remember off the top of my head, yeah, five. And yep, Chloe five. had Chloe had seven. So. You know, that's another thing I think we're starting to come to expect from this team, especially from Grace, which we have the last few years. But really from Chloe, we saw her step up and, you know, when Grace was out with her injury and really start racking up the assists. And uh, is she still leading the Big Ten? I think so. In assists to turnover ratio, she was at one point. So um, I think so. I would be surprised if she's not. I haven't looked for a, a little bit, but that is definitely something I think we've come to expect from this team. Um, the other thing, which uh, I think we, we again, not trying to say we're taking things for granted when we're coming to expect it, but the defense, right? The defense from our team tonight, I thought was really great. You know, Ohio State is what the second or third highest scoring team in the Big Ten, and we held them to 59 points. Um, what did they average, Jeff? I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. I think they averaged right around 80 points or so a, a game, right? Nah, they were they're they're but they were below Indiana, but they 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 were in like 70, 70 or 70s. 71. Yeah. yeah. So definitely held them though well beneath their their average. And you know, shoot the first half, they they only had a um shot 14% from three. So, you know, I think um our defense tonight was something we've come to expect. It's been our calling card for all year and for the last number of years under Coach Morin, and I don't think it disappointed tonight. No, and and I will go uh, – I'll throw it back to you, Kathy. I kind of took the first one here, so I'll throw it back to you. Do you have anything else as, uh, as far as the as expected tonight? Yeah, so in addition to the defense, the other thing I wrote down is, again, just coming to expect this amazing – high-level, all-American play from Mackenzie Holmes. And, you know, I, I'm sure in another segment we may touch on her more, but yet set another career high for herself. I, I'm wondering if that's why she might have been in there towards the ends when we really had the game in hand, but she ended up with 33 points tonight. And I thought, you know, other than just a couple quick fouls at the beginning of that that first, excuse me, the second half there in the third quarter, I thought overall her game was just great from beginning to end. She had great defense, only one turnover, um, five Five rebounds for us on, you know, just all around. I thought McKenzie, again, doing what we've been coming to expect of her again, not taking her for granted, but really enjoying watching her watch, watching her play like this uh, game in and game out. Yeah, I'm going to go to Grace Berger here. Uh, I, I really felt like Grace may have played, I hate to say her best game since coming back from the injury, but it, if it wasn't, it was yes. definitely close. And what I saw what I saw in watching the Iowa game on the replay from the other night, and, and I wanted you, I thought you and Andy did a great job, by the way, on the post-game show Thursday night, and, and Andy filling in for me, thanks to that. Um, but I really felt like the Iowa game – she got her she got her drive game going. She was getting the yeah. she was getting the ball, getting to get, be able to get into the lane and get some layups to go and got some fouls. Tonight, she was able to do what we've kind of come to expect that Grace Berger game to be. She gets it into the lane either with a back down or just her handle, and then she gets to about twelve feet, and then she just makes a sweet shot. And I saw that tonight really for the first time since the injury. I felt like it was being consistent, and I even tweeted out on the uh, on the uh, doing the work. Um, side of it that if if that's the if Grace Berger gets back to being Grace Berger in that respect, that bodes well for this team going into the NCAA tournament. Because and and I think that is the thing that I saw is just I hate to say as expected because she had missed a big chunk missed you know a third of the season, but that's the expectation that we have of Grace Berger. And I thought, boy, 
that that Grace Berger and the one that played on Thursday against Iowa, that 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 Grace Berger is fun to watch. And just as a couple of people pointed out in the chat on Thursday, and and with some people were pointing out to her, and I just give her the ball. She's going to make something happen, and and just the cold blooded, great kid, warm personality. Yep. If you ever get the chance to meet her, but she's cold blooded on the floor, and and that's what you want from a team that's hoping to make a deep run. So I didn't have anything else on the as expected side. What about you? No, I, I didn't either. Those were the main ones that I had as well. All right. I'll throw it over to you for the surprises. At yeah, this point, had, are there really any surprises with this team? You no, know, yes and no. I was a little surprised tonight, actually, by uh, Sydney Parrish and Yarden Garzon. I, I didn't think, uh, in again, I didn't think they had bad games. It's just not as at the level I think we've been coming to expect from them. And Sydney, especially Sydney, she just didn't seem like she quite ever got into the flow of the game. Um, <clears throat> ended up with only three points. And, you know, it, she's had become at one point our, our second leading scorer on the team. And so it was a little surprising to me to see her only with three points and two rebounds um, tonight. It just seemed like it wasn't quite there for her um, tonight. But what, what were your thoughts overall in Sydney's game tonight? <clears throat> Uh, she didn't have her best game. And, yeah. and and with that, I would say, I thought Yarden struggled. I thought Yarden let her yep. offensive struggles maybe affect her a little bit as well. And it was shooting struggles also, I thought affected some of her play as well, but I just, it's just, you have those nights and, and I can't yep. explain it. Having been there as a player, been there as a coach, just, you, you know what it is, but she just wasn't there. And as Larry kind of points out in the workaholics that, you know, just wasn't felt like she wasn't focused. And that right. happens sometimes you hope it doesn't happen very often, but but the other thing about this is you also look. Sid only played twenty minutes tonight. Part of that was because Sarah Scalia, right. Sarah Scalia came in, or Sarah Scalia came in and played a a her best game of the year, and so right. Sarah ended up with twenty nine minutes. So that's that's yeah. got to be a high number for for Sarah since way As back early in the season, I would think. Yeah, that's or her. Maybe as a Hoosier um, overall. It's as a Hoosier overall. That was Sarah's um, highest scoring game. Yeah. So. Well, I meant her minutes. She had 29 minutes. Oh, minutes. I mean, that's got to be. Yes. Yeah. 29 minutes has got to be. Gotta be if it's not her highest, it's got to be. It's the highest since maybe like the North Carolina game. Yeah. I, I would expect that's her highest, at least since Grace has come back for sure. Yep. Um, yeah. I agree Anything with that. Else think, on the surprise side? Um, yeah. A little bit. I, you know, <laughs> we've talked about it and not that we're poor offensive, but I did not expect that offensive explosion from. The first half that we had, I, 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 um, especially once I heard that JC Sheldon was out and, um, their center, <laughs> I'm not even yeah. going to try to announce her or pronounce her name. I will so get it wrong. I tried practicing during the game after the announcer said it, but I just, I can't, I'm sorry. And it would just be rude to try. So anyway, once I heard they're out, I thought, okay, well, you know, we might be okay here. Um, cause I was pretty nervous coming into this game. I still, even with the their three players out, I did not expect to put up 54 points a season high and a half for us. I'm, I'm not even sure. It's got to be close to a program high in one half, I would expect. But I know it was the highest we've scored all year in a single half. And that was not something I expected for sure um, to come out and, and just be that um, um, dominant. But on the other hand, I also was a little surprised at coming out flat in the third quarter, not overly right. Again, you're 25 points up and, you know, things were rolling and I can see that they probably just weren't, <laughs> you know, how are they going to sustain that level of intensity? They weren't. So a little surprised at the, the start to the second half, but, um, not overly more so on the positive side in the first half. 
Yeah, that's the one thing. I, I'll kind of piggyback off of your two things there. This this team is sneaky on offense, and I'm not sure, yeah. at least tonight, I thought Ohio State, of course, their game is to press you and try to turn you over and create a lot of up-and-down play. And and as we lose my earbuds here, um, <laughs> as, as we are moving through um, with that, and so this team will run with you. And Coach Morin's talked a little bit about that as well, that this team can get up and down the floor and, and play with a pretty good rhythm. And I thought we saw that tonight. The other thing was I was really surprised by the second half, by the by the third quarter. And I thought it lasted way longer than I think I could have put up with. I thought Terry Morin did a good – kudos right. to her. She waited a while to call the timeout. But I really would have had struggled with that, but I really was surprised at this point in the year. And I know they had that 25 point lead, but I was really surprised that it, it kind of went into about a six, almost seven minute stretch. Now they finished the quarter well enough to push the lead back out to where it got comfortable. And then they had a great fourth quarter again, but I, I was, I, that surprised me that they let it go as long as they did yeah. in the third quarter, but I don't have anything else. Kathy, you got anything on the surprises? Um, just a little bit. I, I my last one was really again on the positive side, and you know, you know, I talked about Sydney, and it wasn't her best game. But you know, we 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 have come to, and maybe this is a surprise and as expected all at once. So we've come to expect from this team that somebody is going to step up when others maybe are not having their best game. And tonight that was Sarah, and that was a bit of a surprise. Like she just she was she just exploded in that first half in particular. You know, her first half she had 17 points already, and so clearly uh, if you look at our bench points uh, versus Ohio State, we just clearly won that battle. Right, 24 points for us off the bench, all from Sarah Scalia, none for Ohio State. Um, you know. Sarah was just, you know, it looked like she was back into her form that we were expecting again, that Minnesota form, um, right? So it was six of eight from three-point shooting. At least at one point, she was five of five. She didn't miss her first three-pointer until late into that second quarter. So on the pleasant side of surprises, definitely surprised and just absolutely pleased to see Sarah offensively seem to get back into her flow and her rhythm uh, that we saw earlier this year. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Um, I don't have anything else. So let's move inside yeah. the numbers and I'll throw it to you. What team stats stood out to you? I already mentioned assists. So outside of the assists, anything that stood out to you? Um, yeah, there is a lot. I mean, I think we pretty much won every single statistical category tonight, right? Which again is not surprising. Shooting 74% in one half is probably going to give you a pretty big advantage. So, but we still ended up shooting 60% versus Ohio State's 46%. You know, and that was 34 of a field goes on 57 attempts. It was just really just a thing of beauty. And, and most of those, I think were a lot, um, you know, just good points in the paint, 44 points in the paint to Ohio state's 34. So it was just a really nice balanced attack, uh, offensively. And, and again, three pointers, <laughs> we, we, uh, what did we end up nine of 20 and six of those were from Sarah. So, you know, we had this great three point shooting and inside presence tonight. So it was just really a balanced overall offensive effort from our team. Yeah, and I will point out the only thing we really did lose was Ohio State converted turnovers into points. They got 14 yeah. points off of uh, 11 Hoosier turnovers, and we had 11 points off of six Ohio State turnovers. And that was one of those, you know, realistically in a game that really had a pretty good pace to it, there really weren't a lot of turnovers. I made the – I no, tweeted on out either that side. there were yeah. – on either side, yeah. I pointed yeah. out on Twitter, I tweeted out that there were long stretches 
of live ball action tonight where you went and it was like for, I think it was the first quarter where I, for a minute, I, I was seriously thinking they were going to go right through the media timeout and get to the end of the quarter because they played from forever. about six and yeah, about six and a half, six forty-five. I think was the little dead ball, uh, uh, last dead ball. And they didn't get another dead ball to about a minute 20 to go in the quarter. So a good five minutes of action with no, no whistle. No. So therefore we're going through the media timeout. Um, the other thing I was going to point out was rebounding. Indiana yeah. won the rebounding battle 35, 23. Now, again, when you're shooting it, like you said, when we're shooting as well as we did tonight, there weren't a lot of opportunities <laughs> to rebound for Ohio state. But again, I think this is a number that you and I have talked about since we really kind of started this program. There's a huge number to watch and key on with this program when they can be close or win the battle on the glass. They're usually in the game or going to, or going to be in a pretty good position, if not outright win it. So, but tonight they were plus 12 on the glass and, 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 and I want to point out here is I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about her in the here in a few minutes, but Grace Berger led the way with 10. So Grace Berger with a double double tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another number I had, um, Jeff was 38. 23. And what is that? That's 38 minutes and 23 seconds. That's what we ended up leading in this game, uh, which was pretty much from the first basket on. I think Grace scored the first basket. You're talking about her play carrying over from Iowa. And one thing we started seeing her from there pretty prevalent was driving and scoring. She started us off. That's how we scored our first three points was for her driving to the bucket, getting fouled and making her free throw. And we went up three to nothing. We never looked back. So 38 minutes and 23 seconds. Um, we scored we were, we just held on to this lead. It was pure domination from the beginning to the end minus, you know, that slippage in the third quarter where Ohio state outscored us by 10. But I just think it was too much for, for them to overcome with their depleted roster right now. So uh, that was just another number I thought was, was kind of fun to watch. Yeah. And I think I saw on the stat line, it was six to six. That was the last time it was tied. It was six to six. IU never trailed tonight. At any point in the game, did we ever trail? So like you said, for 38 minutes and 23 seconds, we we had the lead. I other number I'm going to point out here and kind of goes back to the turnover number. The two teams combined only shot 17 free throws. We were six for eight at the line. Ohio state was four for nine. I mean, but I, I honestly, again, in a game like this, I think it may be a little bit easier sometimes to officiate, but I thought the officiating was really pretty solid tonight in terms of what they called and what they didn't call. And there just really wasn't a lot of contact. And again, Ohio state, I think understood they couldn't afford to get in foul trouble being down three people already and and being limited anyway. I think they understood they really couldn't get in foul trouble, but you look at our fouls, really nobody ended up. Well, I take it back. Mac ended up with three. Yeah, McKenzie ended up with three, but nobody else had more than two. So, and again, on you know, with with the team, sometimes Yard and Sydney have both had times where they've gotten in foul trouble, um, and and had to sit for a while on the bench. You know, that wasn't the case tonight, and and I and it was kind of, again. I thought the flow of the game really was nice to watch. Obviously, yeah. because we were putting up the big numbers, but I think I would have enjoyed that game even if it had been closer as a fan and just enjoyed watching up and down basketball. Yeah, I, I I agree, Jeff. It just felt like, it, and it was funny because at the beginning of the second half, I felt, we, I was like getting a little nervous because it felt like the referees were starting to tighten up a little bit. McKenzie had those two fouls on her really quick to start out the second half, but then it, it seemed like the referees settled into their own game as well during that that second half. I, I thought this was one of the better officiated games I've seen in a long time, so definitely would agree with that. Um, Maybe switching over if 
if it's okay to, to yep, meet some of the go individuals. Ahead. So we ended up with three individuals in double digit scoring. Two of them were setting some career highs. So Mackenzie home ended up with 33 points. It was a new career high for her. And then Sarah Scalia was 24, which is a new career high as a Hoosier. So I just want to, you know, make sure to call those two ladies out individually. And then Grace rounded out our three with 16. But beyond that, the rest of the team didn't really score a whole lot. We had then what, five, eight, 10 points from the rest of the team. But this wasn't a night where we needed it. When you have, you know, McKenzie, when their their main center is out, you would expect that McKenzie was going to get the, the bulk of the work here. And she did that on 15 made field goals, which was, you know, the most buckets, I believe they said, um, the most field goals she's made in her career as well. So, you know, again, not going to the free throw line a whole lot. Um, so most of her points came actually in, in the paint. So I, I just wanted to point out some of those individual stats here while we're, we're going over them. Well, I'll kind of do that as a duel here. Cause I, I think that's a great point about the three players scoring, but those three combined were 30 for 40 from the field, those three 30 for 40 <laughs> from the field. So the rest of the team was four for 17 struggling. Yep. But I think we talked a little bit about this. For example, we had this conversation um, uh, with the, uh, I, and I want to throw a shout out to Chad Schwartzkopf and, and Martha the Mop Lady who had me on the other the other day with Hoosier Morning After, um, and and we pointed this out with the men, Jalen Hood, Chafino, and Trace Jackson Davis, kind of that way at Michigan on Saturday. Hey. If those players, those three are playing well, give them the ball. You look at the numbers. Yarden took eight shots, but that is so out of you know, and and Chloe only shot three, Sydney only shot five, um, and so you really you know I think they understood who had the hot hand, and I and I'm okay with mm -hmm. that. But yep. that I think that's also what the beauty of this program is is that they recognize those things, but they also are able to recognize nights where they need more balance. And there's going to be three, four, or five, or four or five people in double figures, you know. And you can't expect Mac to get 33 every night. The one thing, again tonight, I thought um, McKenzie just again, and I know the workaholics will agree with me on this. You will agree. She needs to be much more in the conversation about the national yes. player of the year and the conference player of the year. The the lack of mentioning about Mackenzie Holmes here is almost criminal, if not at least malpractice. Um, right. But I it, but Ohio State tried. Go ahead. I was just going to add on to that. And it's not only like you start to hear about her being talked about, and it's not even national, it's even within the Big Ten. They start talking about Big Ten Player of the Year, and they did it tonight again on the broadcast. And it's like, oh, well, Mackenzie Holmes should be in the conversation, but, you know, she plays with Caitlin Clark. And it's always that, but she plays with Caitlin Clark that comes after. And it seems like they can't even contemplate thinking about outside of Caitlin Clark for player of the year. And yeah, to your point, the only the national news ever seems to talk about are Leah Boston and Caitlin Clark as well. And, you know, it, and it just doesn't seem like there she's ever even in the conversation and I just can't seem to understand it. And it seems to be getting a little, a little more traction. I saw some interviews with coach Morin last week where, you know, one of the media uh, from the national media was interviewing her and asking her about it. And it seems to be getting a little bit more, but you would think you have a team that's ranked second in the nation and almost resoundingly unanimous second in the nation by the AP. 
you would think that they would be giving our players individually as well a little bit more attention. But, you know, um, yeah. at the end of the day, I guess um, the, they, they're writing their own story, as they like to say. You know, who cares what the media is writing about yeah. them and they're writing their own story? But we don't have to go by that. And it makes me mad. <laughs> like It really yeah. is it's disappointing that they, they don't get that name recognition because they don't have this legacy that Iowa has or the Stanford's or, or South Carolina, UConn, whoever. And it's just really frustrating that because our team is just starting to come around as a program that for some reason that discounts what our players are doing this year. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think that one thing that helped her is coach McGuff tried to play her straight up and tried to go one-on-one with her in the post. And and that's not going to be a good matchup for most people, let alone their backup big who was trying to guard and kudos to that kid. She, I thought she played pretty well for them. I think that was the, uh, the Walker girl, she had 12 mm-hmm. points and 11 rebounds. So, you know, but that's a, that's a whole different uh, player in McKenzie Holmes that you're trying to guard. than you might get nine nights out of 10. The other thing, I totally agree with you about the, the narrative. And, and I will say this as a coach, I can get where Coach Morin's coming from, and I know she's got to speak up and defend her players, but I also could be in that locker room and very easily be like, you know what? Nobody respects you. Nobody respects us. They all think you're flashing the pan. That's fine. We're going to go out and just keep showing and, and use that to our advantage, that whole nobody respects us, nobody believes in us except the, the group in this room, and, and use that to our advantage. Now, I think there are a lot of coaches out there who are going – <laughs> they got our respect, but the media is a whole different animal. And I think that's, you know, that's, you know, I, I felt like you hit that totally on the head. And, and I think the only thing right now that's going to help her in the conference player of the year discussion is we have to be, we have to at least finish in a tie, if not outright yeah. win the league and maybe even have to go out to Iowa and beat them there and be like, Hey, we just got done beating these guys twice. Yeah, we got done beating them twice. You know, the conference put the the team that dominated the conference. Let's assume they can win out with that scenario, and you and she's dominated all year. And you're going to make her runner up for player of the year in the conference. I, I think there will be a lot of lively debate in those couple days after as we head towards that. So, you got any other individual stats, Kathy? No, no individual stats. The, just one last one to uh, mention again. Uh, our final points per possession for our team is right over yeah. 1.3 points per possession and holding Ohio State to exactly one. So, um, you know, we've been talking about their offense and their defense all night. So just to kind of put a, a number behind those two. Yeah, the defense, I still think, even though even the first half, I felt like there was parts of the defense we needed to tighten yeah. up. I, I'm not very I'm not sure yeah. that Coach Moore is going to be happy about one point what you know the one per one point per possession but let's face it that 1.3 that you mentioned for indiana 1.297 now officially on the on the stat sheet from the university um Hmm. they were at 1.636 in the first half i'm not sure i've ever seen a points per possession that high uh for a half i mean that that was just mind-boggling that you know because that's literally you know i mean you're really not that far away from you know almost two points per possession and that's about the best you can do really i mean obviously you could get three i guess but (laughs) wow so but anyway hey we'll throw it uh, let's go uh let's go talk about game balls all right
And we're going to hand out our game ball for tonight against Ohio State. And if you're watching our YouTube feed, live YouTube feed, you can see that Kathy has pulled up our scroll at the bottom of the screen. Uh, we've jokingly been referring to this as the McKenzie Holmes <laughs> Game Ball Award because she's she's now the leader with 13. Uh, Sydney Parrish has three. Yarn Garzon has three. Grace Berger has three after her her performance here against Iowa. Sarah Scalia with one, and and Chloe Moore McNeil with one. So those are our game balls so far. Kathy, I'm going to throw it over to you. Who you want? Who who are you going for game ball? Yeah. You know, Jeff, I, 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 I'm having a little bit of a hard time with this tonight. So, uh, you know, in my gut, I want to give it to Sarah Scalia, right? Because we haven't seen an explosion from her offensively for a long time. 24 points again for Sarah on six of eight from three point shooting. Um, and I thought she just, exploded offensively. Um, but you know, there was some, she had four turnovers, led the team in turnovers and there was just a little lackadaisical with her passing at times tonight. Uh, and again, four turnovers. I, I don't like to see that. Um, so I ended up landing again on Mackenzie Holmes. It's just really hard for me not to give it to Mackenzie tonight. She again had 33 points, which was her career high. And she contributed, um, five rebounds for us, two assists, and um, only one turnover plus a block. You know, she's leading the Big Ten in blocks, and she didn't disappoint us again tonight in that. And so at the end of the day, it's just hard not to reward McKenzie. And I don't, again, want to make sure everyone knows that I'm not taking Sarah for granted either because, you know, that offensive explosion was in that first half. But I thought McKenzie from tip until the last time when she was taken out had the, the more complete game tonight. Yeah, and I got to mention here, I, there was a part of me that was even looking at Grace Berger here. 16 yeah. points uh, on 6 of 10 shooting, 3 of 3 at the free at the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, she did have 3 turnovers, and that was her maybe the one negative there. But I did finally go back, especially once McKenzie got to a career high. It's hard for me to go against a player who puts up a career high in scoring, but like you said, also had her 5 rebounds. Um, the two assists, a block. So I, I'm going to go with Mackenzie Holmes here as well for the game ball. But I, I, I totally get you on Sarah, and I got a feel we're going to talk about her in the next segment quite a bit. So congratulations to McKenzie. That makes her 14th game ball of the year. And we're going to go into the Hustle Award. And again, if you're watching on the live YouTube feed here, you can see that Kathy has pulled up the scroll with our previous winners and our standings. Sydney Parrish leads the way here with seven. Chloe Moore McNeil with five and a half. Grace with three. Lily Meister with two and a half. Uh, Lexi Bargesser with two, uh, Alyssa Geary, Yarden Garzon, and Caitlin Peterson have one each. And so, Kathy, again, since I'm running the host tonight, I'll let you go first on the uh, Hustle Award. Um, gosh, I, again, here too, Jeff, I think that we could probably go a number of different ways. And I'm I'm starting to get the feeling we might actually be going in two different directions between you and I tonight. So for our, our folks out in our live chat and the workaholics, go ahead and start throwing your vote in for your Who's Your Hustle Award tonight. Um, I, I, you know, I thought about Sarah and I had Sarah written down at first, um, but it, it's hard for me not to give it to Grace tonight. She had a double-double with 16 points and 10 rebounds. She also contributed five assists. Uh, and tonight I thought Grace, again, was just something that We've we we missed in that Michigan State game in particular, but it just is a whole nother team with a different level and a different gear when Grace is in there. And I know <clears throat> you said this earlier, and Jared tweeted it out on the Assembly Call Twitter account. She is warm-hearted but cold-blooded, and I think that was such such a great 
phrase to use for Grace. So for tonight, I, I'm voting for Grace for my Hoosier hustle. I thought she brought it on both ends of the court and really, again, gave us a study in hand. Yeah, see, I'm going to go with Sarah here because I felt like her contribution off the bench, there was that stretch that carried over from first quarter to second quarter where she scored 11 out of the 13 points that we had. Mm -hmm. At one point, she had eight in a row. Chloe got a pick six layup for two points, and then Sarah hit another three. So she had 11 out of 13, and that's really when that lead jumped. And and I thought, again, at one point, she was five for six. Uh, at one point she was five for five on threes. Um, and again, I understand she had the four turnovers, but she had two assists. She had a rebound, uh, but th- she was brought into this program really to kind of be a long range shooter and a, and a, and a scorer that we've really been waiting to see her come around and t- do. And, and I thought if that's what's, if that's the Sarah Scalia that we're going to get, and again, she may not get 24 every night, but if she starts getting back into the 12 to 13 range on a consistent basis, this team's ceiling is gets so much higher. And I, and I love Grace Berger and I, and I, and I love the idea of the choice there, but I'm going to go with Sarah Scalia on the, on my hustle award here. So, um, I'm trying to watch the chat here. I'm not sure we're getting any consensus. I see yeah. a couple for Grace. I see a couple for Sarah. See you. So we'll give you guys a couple. Ch- I saw about, yeah, one for Chloe in there too. I saw about yeah, just a smidge more for Grace, but um, then honorable mention for Sarah. And I don't know, maybe do we want to just split it again tonight? Because <laughs> I so yeah, it's hard not to want to give Sarah yeah. something for yeah. Let's let's yeah. do that. It's so, just really so, hard not so, to give Sarah something when she had that explosion in that second quarter. But uh, it but Grace is just such a great leader for us on the court too. So I don't know. We, with this team, we may end up having to have yep. three or four awards by the end of the season. So. <laughs> so we're going to split this one tonight. So that's going to move uh, Grace Berger to three and a half. And that becomes the first time that Sarah Scalia has gotten mentioned on the Hustle Award. She now has a half of a Hustle Award here <laughs> on Doing the Work. Yeah. So, Kathy, let's go on to Kathy. Let's go on to lingering questions here. And again, I. I I'm not sure I have too many <laughs> lingering questions on a 24 and one team, but um, what about you? <laughs> Honestly, I just can't, can't think of any, I, I, <laughs> I it's too. Yeah. I don't know. Is maybe, is this going to be Sarah consistently going forward offensively? I mean, because seriously, if, if Sarah's going to play like this on a consistent basis, and I don't even mean the 24 points, like we don't even need that much production from her. She takes this team yet to another level, which I, I wasn't sure we could reach. So <laughs> it's just, um, you know, if we get everyone playing, you know, with you get Garzon back to, you know, she kind of seems to have hit a wall the last couple of games, not much. Um, Sydney had an off night tonight. I don't, I'm not concerned about Sydney coming back for the next game either. I, I just, that's about the only thing I can say is, are we going to be consistently seeing this from Sarah with her shot going in now that, you know, she saw a bunch go down tonight, um, is her confidence back? That's, that's about it. Um, we do have one in the chat here. So Steve Fisher is saying, why didn't the bench players get more of a chance during the blowout? Um, that's a great question. Steve, I actually was texting Jeff and Ari about that too and saying the same thing to my husband. I would have liked to seen our bench players get in more around that five minute mark or so left in the fourth quarter. So I, I wish I had an answer, Jeff, as a former coach, maybe you can enlighten us. <laughs> Well, that comes down to philosophy. And we've talked about this before to a certain degree. Coach Morin has her core group that she likes to stick with. Now, I was a little surprised 
I should say surprise, but if I you want, Lily Meister got some. Yeah, Alexi Vargas are not yeah. getting much run in the first half. Surprised me a little bit. Lily got a little bit of run in the first half. I think ideally they probably sat there at halftime or like, you know what, let's get through this third quarter. Let's keep this lead. Let's move on. And then we'll get these kids out in the fourth quarter. But then when it got tied, I, I don't think Coach Morn ever wants to take – and again, I realize as fans, we sometimes look at it through a completely different lens. But as a coach, sometimes you're looking at that scoreboard, and yeah, there may be five minutes to go, and it's 15 points. But I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, if we turn this over two times and they hit threes and we foul a couple times, they get some free throws with the clock stopped, all of a sudden it's about a four-point game, and you got two minutes to go. So, you know, that's the way coaches' minds work is that you're always kind of thinking what's, you know, that worst-case scenario thing rather than – well, you know, if we get a couple stops and hit a couple threes, we're up by 25 and we're going to cruise the rest of the game. But, um, yeah, I really didn't have a great answer because I really would like they finally did what about a minute and a half or so ago. They finally she finally got them out. I'm more along the line. I think Steve had it posted earlier. Somebody else did in the maybe D.C. general as well. I, I just it's to me, it's more of the injury risk here where you, know, you don't want somebody to roll an ankle. You don't want somebody to land hard on a hip, an elbow, a shoulder because of something later in the game. Now, injuries can happen anytime and 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 they can happen in practice too. But I, I just know that as a former coach, I always kind of liked that was kind of my fight is how long do I let them play versus, you know, I want to make sure they don't get hurt. So, but I I don't have a great answer for Steve or DC either. So yeah. But that's <laughs> that's the only thing I can come up with is just it's Coach Morin's core philosophy. Right. And I agree, David um, Bodie in here in the, in the in the in our chat as well. I had the same uh, uh, guess earlier as to why Mac was in. Maybe they knew she was getting close to her career high, and because she was taken out immediately after she got that. But um, who knows? <laughs> we'll probably never know. Um, I don't really yeah. have any other lingering questions, Jeff. I just think that you know, um, how, yeah. we've been saying it all year. Any, how long do we keep it going? I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I keep it going. And again, right now you can't afford not to keep it going. I mean, at this point, you want that banner. You want to be able to hang that Big Ten regular season banner in the gym, in Assembly Hall. Um, and they control their destiny. They're 14 and one. They have three games left in the league. Two of them are at home. So they just need to take care of business. And that's my lingering question. We had a great crowd for Iowa, but Iowa was number five. I mean, you had a top five, a, a matchup of top five teams, first time in the Big Ten in almost 30 years that you'd had a matchup of two top five teams in the Big Ten. What kind of crowd are we going to get Thursday night? Michigan's coming in. Michigan is by no means an easy game. They are 10 and four in the league. We're going to preview them here in a second. But that team is dangerous enough that if we don't if we don't have our a you know an a game uh, that they can give us some real trouble and we sure you know don't need a hiccup. But this is again where I think crowd can help you a little bit. Um, the you know the, they got two days off. They'll practice well usually and at least according to Grace working with her last year they'd have tomorrow off. They'll practice Wednesday. But by, by being off, I would imagine they're going to be watching film and breaking down that stuff. Yeah, traveling get into the. The players get into Cook Hall on their own. They they all have passes, swipe keys that get them in. So I know they're going to be in the gym anyway, but they may not do a formal practice, at least according to what Grace has told me in the past, that generally they don't practice the day after a game. But that crowd could be really big because you know, as this team deserves it. And secondly, we saw in the Iowa game, it really can propel you to play an even harder and for a longer stretch. So that's kind of my learning question. What kind of crowd are we going to get? We're being told yeah. that the Purdue game on Saturday on Sunday is sold out. So, you know, we know what kind of crowd we're getting there. Thursday night game, a little bit later start. 
So need a good crowd at Assembly Hall on on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm hoping our crowd's not overlooking Michigan for that Purdue game, right? <laughs> this is right. This is a big game, and as you mentioned at the beginning of the the podcast here, the show too. Too. We didn't mention that in our, our inside the numbers. That's our magic number right now. We win these next two games. We at a minimum then clinch a share of the Big Ten title. Yep. And so, you know, we have three games left. And this is this is important. It would be really nice to have those two games here and then go into Iowa City to end the season with that in our back pocket and playing with house money, so to speak, and knowing uh, you know, you at least clinched a share of the title. Uh so it, it's just shaping up kind of what we were suspecting to be at the end of the fish finish of this big 10 season. Right. It's kind yeah, of, kind of crazy. I, I do have, and I, and I'm going to pose this out here and maybe I shouldn't, but my, I had this thought the other day, if you win tomorrow or Thursday and Sunday and get there and, and Iowa still has to go to Maryland. Iowa yep. still has to go to that. Maryland. If we win these two and Iowa loses at Maryland, do you set some kids in Iowa City if you know you've already locked up the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament and won the league outright? Do you try and rest? I'm not a big fan of it, but I, I know Bob Knight did it one year out there where they won the league. And they and Jay Edwards and that group in 89, there were about three starters that didn't play at all, and mm -hmm. they got they got beat. But there's, you know, you kind of, that, that to me will be a kind of a lingering question that I hope we have to answer. I hope that we yeah. get an answer that we, that we get into that position. And I will say this, these two games are important because as I've been pointing out on the, in the community, don't sit on Maryland. Maryland is 12 and three in the league. They need a lot of help. They need somebody besides Iowa to beat us. But if they run the table, they can sneak in and get a, at least a share of that Big Ten championship. So don't sleep on Maryland yet um, with that. So, again, Indiana right now in the driver's seat, they control their destiny. And that's the most important that to me. That's not even a question. That's the most important element of right now where we're at. They yeah, control their destiny. So, so let's Love move it. into what's next, Kathy. All right. Yeah, we're gonna we'll split this up like we normally do with Kathy and yeah. I previewing our next opponent. Michigan is ranked number 12 in the AP poll today. The coaches poll comes out tomorrow. So I'm still using their poll number from last week. They were number 14 in the coaches poll, and I would imagine they'll be a little higher than that this week. Game time is 8:30 Eastern, 7:30 Central on Thursday. The game will air on BTN, so you don't need a, a subscription or anything. IU is 47 and 29 all time, including 25 and 8 in Bloomington, and they won this matchup earlier in Ann Arbor, 92 to 83. Michigan is 20 and 5 overall, 10 and 4 in the league, and their most recent game was yesterday. They beat Nebraska at home, 80 to 75. And I'll throw it over to Kathy, and she can get into some of the individuals. Yeah, absolutely. So um, first as a team, uh, Michigan is averaging right under 77 points per game. Exact. They only give up 62 points per game. So definitely a defensive minded. They are out rebounding their opponents. By a FYI, we did win that rebounding battle back in Ann Arbor, 41 to 24. So it'd be great to see that battle on the glass go again our way. In terms of shooting as a team, they're 
shooting just under 48% field goal percentage and 35% from threes. On the defensive side, they hold their opponents to just under 40% at 39.6. And um, in terms of three-point shooting, they hold them to 32.7. They force 19 turnovers per game and commit 16 turnovers per game. And then in terms of sharing the ball, they average 16 assists per game. Um, individually, they have three players that average double figures, Leah Brown at 17.9 points per game. She also averages just at six assists per game. Um, she had 31 points in our first meeting. Um, Layla, Layla Fila is also averaging 17 points per game. She had 21 in the first outing. And then Emily Kaiser averages 16 points per game and seven rebounds per game. In our first matchup this year, she scored 15. In terms of coaching, Kim Barnes Erico is in her 11th season as the head coach at the Wolverines. She is 238 and 114 overall, and she has five NCAA appearances. Um, so as a full time as a head coach, this is her 27th season, and she has a record of 508 and 320. So um, for me, this Michigan team, I think, is dangerous, right? I just I don't want us, again, to be overlooking them. We have three games left and you know, go game by game. And this one can't be overlooked. I know it's at home, hopefully in front of another large raucous crowd, but we can't overlook Michigan. I think they, they have some dangerous, especially with, um, you know, those three players that I mentioned can really go off and do some damage. Um, so what kind of thoughts are you thinking from our first matchup though? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but they have a guard who did not play very well up there that has been a, you know, one of their better scores. Isn't averaging in double figures, but is you know can go off and get 15. Nolan, I think is her name. Nolan is the kid I'm thinking of who can go off and get you 15 or 16 on a given night. So we got to make sure that I, I think we got to find a way, and I think they'll do a little better job of checking um, uh, Brown. I'm not sure she'll get 31 again, but – that's that's one of those that I just think Kathy come out and get off to a good start. Um, and and one thing I Michigan that we talked about if I remember right in the post game show that game uh, or no Andy was with me that night that um, the rebounding battle that we really dominated. Now, again, they had Nas Hillman last year, but they really dominated us on the glass last year. And so that's mm -hmm. a big number that I'm going to be watching as well. But I think it just. You know, this team, and Terry Morin has said it a couple different times, this team is just, it's better offensively than we had the last couple of years. That, those two teams that we kind of watched and got everybody excited about IU women's basketball has has had its own, obvious, its own pluses, but it, at times it could struggle offensively. It really would, it could go minutes without making shots, but defensively they were just so good that they were able to overcome a lot of that in games. This team generally doesn't have those dry spells of four, five, six minutes without scoring. So I think that's the one thing this team is, has the biggest upside with is they put pressure on the other team to score because this team is going to get points. Um, and when you look at it again tonight, they had 83 points and they only had three players in double figures. And, and like you mm -hmm. said earlier, uh, um, I think um, I tossed my, my stat sheet away. Somebody had five. Uh, yeah, Yarden had five. She, yeah, was Yarden. The, she would have been the fourth leading scorer with five. So um, right. I, 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 it, it, it worries me, though. It does. I think you're kind of in that mold of where, you know, you don't want it to be a trap game. And it shouldn't be a trap game. But you also, I'm sure they've been seeing the stuff, knowing that the Purdue game's coming up. It's sold out. They, they're looking forward to that game being a sellout. 
So you don't want to forget that Michigan is right there. Now, they they need a lot more help. They've already got four losses in the league. In fact, I'm not sure they can even get it to a situation where they could get a tie. But they can play spoiler, and that's, I'm sure, when you're the number two team in the country, they are going to want to play spoiler. Yeah. So Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about our programming. Uh, we're yeah. trying to keep you updated about who's your alums uh, in the community and on the Twitter feed. Uh, I posted one the other day about uh, Amanda Cahill is having an outstanding season in Luxembourg. She is in the top 10 in nine different categories. She leads the what would be the kind of the race. They kind of do a kind of a player rating valuation that I think determines their MVP. She would be the MVP if the season ended today. Uh, in the Luxembourg League, but we also have Tyra Buss playing in Lithuania. We have Alexa Golbe and and Nicole Gardano Hillary playing in Spain, uh, and then Jory Davis playing in Italy. But right now it seems to be a little bit down period. They've the, all the leagues have been off for about two weeks, so I'm not sure what exactly is there. But all the leagues seem to have been off for about ten, 10 days to two weeks here, so there hasn't been much going on this weekend. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Doing the Work. Just search Doing the Work on Twitter, and you'll find us. And you can check out the Assembly Call community page as well. Uh, also, don't forget, you can join the Assembly Call um, community by going to assemblycall.com and or go to join.assemblycall.com um, there. Uh, AC Radio will have uh, their show um, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night, Wednesday night (laughs) after the Northwestern game. I forgot what night they were playing. Uh, The AC AC Radio will be on after the North or the AC Radio will have their post game show on Wednesday night. Also, be sure to subscribe uh, to the next episode of Crimson Cast, part of our Back Home Network. And again, I'll give a shout out to Chad and and Martha the Mop Lady for Hoosier Morning After as well, since they they were gracious enough to have me on and help us help promote the show. If you didn't get a chance, that was the the Hoosier Morning After Michigan game. So if you get a chance, go back and watch and and share with your friends to kind of maybe uh, help spread the word about doing the work. Our next show will be Thursday at approximately 1030 Eastern, (laughs) 930 Central, as we will be live. (laughs) Yeah, getting close past my bedtime, too, as we will follow the Michigan game. Yep. Awesome. Oops. All right. It's time for last call. We're going to throw it over to Kathy to help wrap things up tonight. Well, technology is fun. I hit that button to play the music and it just sat there and it said it was playing, but no, no sound came out. But um, <laughs> on a positive note, boy, that was just a lot of fun. Again, I, I probably, you know, I'm getting uh, really annoying saying that all the time because I feel like I've said it a lot this year. And so what? I don't care. It, it's It's a lot of fun. This team is just a joy to watch. They play with such discipline, maturity, and and they look like they're having fun too. And you know, they go out; they're very businesslike, but they're they're enjoying it. And what's not to enjoy? You know, they've only lost one game this year, and I'm sure that's nine at them, right? I bet they just want that Michigan State game back so bad. But it is what it is, and who cares? One one loss is way better than I ever expected that we would be coming into this this stretch of the season. And they just continue to go in and day in day out night in, night out, and they continue to do the work and they, they live that philosophy. And, you know, the commentators tonight said it, I thought very well, this team uh, definitely mirrors coach Moran's personality, that tough, hard nosed, 
personality has definitely rubbed into this team and has gotten down to every person, I think, from the starters all the way through the bench because the bench all look engaged too, even though we only you know typically rotate about six six of our players on a heavy minute ro- rotation, but they're all very supportive, and that's what I just love watching as well. So um, three more games. So mm-hmm. let's just go into Bloomington here on Thursday night and take care of business, take care of business again on Sunday, and let's go play with some house money in Iowa City where um, hopefully I can watch our team in person for the, the last game of the regular season clinch a title. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to kind of ditto. For, I'll use the old Patrick Swayze here. Ditto to what Kathy said because it's just so much fun. And I want to thank all the people in the workaholics tonight in the chat. You know, again, it, we do this because we hope people enjoy it. Um, and and it's nice to see some of the chat, uh, the comments in the chat about how many people have been enjoying the show, and especially the post game shows that we've done here over the last year, year and a half, almost two full seasons, not quite two full yet. But um, but yeah, and and Kathy, I'll just kind of paraphrase Terry Moore. And, just do the work Thursday night, do the work, go out and, and, and do the job, do play your role and play and do your job and do the work. And that everything will take care of itself. Cause like I said, I really, and I think that to me, that's always been the mark of a good team or maybe even a great team. They have the personality of their coach. You think back to, at least for me growing up, those really, really good Bob Knight teams of the late, the mid to late seventies, the early A's with Isaiah Thomas, Randy Whitman, Ted Kitchell, of course, the early nineties teams. Those teams kind of had, they had, in my opinion, always had Coach Knight's personality. They were going to fight you for everything on the floor. And I think that's what you see with this team that Terry Moore and this program that Terry Moore has developed over the last eight plus years, not almost nine full years now, um, that they they are going to fight you for everything. And, and, and it took some time. It took her a few years to get it all rolling. That WNIT run is really a big part of it. Yeah. But since then, this has been one of the best 25 teams in the country. And right now it's one of the best two teams in the country. And, and so it, it's a, it's so much fun to watch and I'm glad to see everybody here enjoying the show and hopefully you'll keep coming back and enjoying the show with us. Cause Kathy and I enjoy doing the show for you guys. So I, I did owe to Kathy about all the things that she said as well. If you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. Uh, you can be a part of our private community as well. Join for free today at assemblycall.com slash community. And special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our new logos. And also a big thank you to Bob Thompson for our new music that you've been hearing throughout the episode and the broadcast. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you soon. Until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers! All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that, well, and, and 24 point wins on the road are a heck of a lot more fun. Point win. Than, than, a 54 than point, point half. <laughs> was just, and there for I a while, like, I thought, man, crazy. there for a while, I know they they struggled in the third quarter, but there for a while, they're yeah. saying, man, they must have watched Iowa yesterday and wanted to see if they could duplicate it because they were yeah. on a pace to score 100, obviously. So, 
again, I want to thank everybody in the chat, DC General, Charlie, Joe, all those people, Lisa, Steve, everybody who's been throwing out kudos to us here in the chat. We appreciate everything you guys are saying. We really do. Yeah. And, and, and just keep spreading the word. We'll keep doing the work. Cause like Kathy said, it's our second job almost anymore. You know, it's just, it's more, it's labor of love than anything. Yeah. So and we don't get and, paid so. anything. So <laughs> the pay is terrible, but, but the, the, the value we get out of it is um, unmeasurable for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. So, Hey, we'll talk to you guys again on Thursday night after the Michigan game. Until then, everybody have a good evening. Good night, everyone. <laughs>